Roxo Media House. fans welcome to postgame beers podcast i'm your host kyle malloy soon uh to be joined by my co-host jacob sailors he is uh, on his way home uh, will join us quickly we've also got our producer crazy ray cartwright and the sultan of stat martin guerrero uh, folks we are making uh, a few small adjustments to our podcast schedule in year two so this is what it's going to look like for you a shorter uh, likely shorter recap of kind of the previous weekend of games. You know, we want to focus on the big stuff, the stories, the vibes from the stadium, you know, kind of how we felt about things that happened um, and, and give you just, uh, you can read the box scores, but we want to talk about the fun stuff. And then uh, more importantly, we're hoping to add a second weekly podcast uh, previewing the upcoming series that the Frogs are going to play. And who better to do that with then by asking folks who actually know the programs better than we do. Uh, so fans and writers and personalities from the opposing fan base. And that's why tonight we are very pleased uh, to be joined by Brett Nevitt. Uh, he and his buddy Aria run the number one Florida State baseball podcast, Sunday Golds. Um, I've actually got a chance to listen to a couple episodes uh, just in, you know, kind of about their previews and stuff. And they do a great job of kind of breaking down uh, Florida State. Uh, Brett, thanks for joining Post Game Beers. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. And obviously, it's fun to have college baseball season back. And I know you guys probably had a fun, fun weekend out of Globe Life. So looking forward to talking about some college baseball with you guys. Excellent. Yeah. So you are now in year three of Sunday Golds. Is that right? Yeah, year three of Sunday Golds and year five of covering the program for me. Have you noticed a growth kind of with your content, maybe the podcast? Has that coincided with a growth of just the, you know, college baseball in general? You know, it feels like there's been, you know, more content. Obviously, D1 does a great job kind of covering on a national stage. Um, do yeah. you think that's helped kind of bring more fans and have more interaction with with folks in Tallahassee? Yeah, and obviously in Tallahassee, we have some of the most diehard college baseball fans. So, we have a pretty good base, but we've definitely over the last couple of years too had more listeners. Um, obviously, college baseball was a bit more in the forefront after COVID um, with MLB season the way it was that in 2021 or 2020, I guess it was 2021, whenever that was. But um, yeah, and especially with Link uh, now at Florida State, we've seen a good bit of an uptick in, in our viewers. So um, it's it's definitely been a fun time to be, be doing content in the college baseball area. That's awesome. I mean, Florida State, you know, in my mind, I think in all of our minds is definitely one of those college baseball blue bloods. Um, and I guess to to jump on, you know, just to approach the elephant in the room, it's one of the blue bloods that just hasn't taken the whole thing yet. And they've had opportunities in the past um, and and really not, you know, just kind of won the national championship. I, You know, as a, as a newer kind of young blood team, TCU, been a bunch of times, just again, never able to make that. You know, how uh, how does the fan base feel right now kind of with you've got a brand new head coach? We'll talk about Link Jarrett um, and kind of maybe some new energy, uh, you know, down there. Yeah, I feel like 
we're kind of still in the honeymoon phase with Lincoln here now. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, he's the back-to-back national coach of the year for different outlets, but I think everyone now just feels like the right guy is in place. Um, and there's been a lot of upgrades to Dickhauser stadium this year and modernizing the stadium. So, you know, it was a program that had felt stale kind of the last few years and a lot of the same things that were, you know, frustrating over and over again and kind of exhausted everyone. So right now it just feels like a fresh start, obviously going three and zero and opening weekend helps and, and keeps everyone happy, but this is probably the most fired up I've, I've ever seen this fan base in the five years I've covered this program. Um, so it's, I think it's going to be an exciting year, and obviously people are going to play co- pl- uh, pay co- close attention to it. But um, you know, it's a young team, so we'll we'll see how they how they develop over the year with Blink. Can I follow up with something you said? You said it was a little stale over the last few years. Can you talk about what that what that looked like? Yeah, just a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. Um, you know, a lot of that was offensively a lot of strikeouts. Uh, I think we struck out and. 30% of at-bats over the last two two seasons. Um, a lot of base running errors uh, go into that. The offensive mistakes um, in the field, just not being able to do fundamental things for a while. Florida State's been at the bottom of the ACC for a few years now, fielding percentage-wise and unearned runs-wise. Um, obviously, we've had a, a lot of big-time arms um, and that was one thing Meat did a good job of is getting some more power arms in the program, but just the, the mistakes that happened over and over again, a lot of people were tired of it and pretty exhausted just by the program and all the frustrating things they did over and over again. So um, people just, I just think people just want to see the fundamental things be a part of what this program is and, and not the opposite of that. Um, so you, I want to add yeah. MK, let me jump in real quick. Um, with that, you saying the staleness in the field, did it translate kind of to the stands? Because last year it felt kind of stale when TC was there. Yeah, I think people were just exhausted, like I said, and kind of, you know, the same kind of people at the helm for 40 plus years. And obviously, everyone at Florida State loves what 11 did for this program. And no one could ever thank 11 enough for all the things he did for Florida State. And no one could thank Mead enough for the things he did for Florida State either. I mean, he was here for 15 plus years in his, as an assistant before he came became the head coach. But um, when you're seeing the same mistakes, the same kind of errors, same kind of base running errors over and over again, I think everybody just gets a little antsy. Um, and last year it was a pretty fired up, angry fan base, I would say, and one that was just kind of tired of seeing the same stuff over and over again. So we mentioned – uh, Link Jarrett, he was, like you said, the what was it, two-time coach of the year in college baseball at Notre Dame. Um, one of the best coaches, you know, I, I wouldn't say on the market necessarily, but definitely somebody that everyone was looking for. Um, was was there a list at all of Florida State, or he was he 1A, 1B, and 1C? Yeah, I think Link was 1A, 1B, 1C, all the way through 1Z. I mean, I don't think there was – I don't really think there was anybody else considered. I think it was, we're going to go get Link and we're going to do whatever it takes to get Link. Um, I mean, Florida State alum, All-American shortstop at Florida State. And then what he's done is in his career, in, in his coaching career, you know, it's enough. It says enough in itself. I mean, what he did at Notre Dame, I mean, the pro- program he turned them into the last two years and obviously finishing in Omaha there. You know, there's not enough good things you can say about Link and, and his resume and also what he's done at Florida State in the past. I mean, 
he graduated from high school right down the road here in Tallahassee. I mean, there's just so many things that point to him being the right guy to, to be in this position right now, I think. Welcome, Jacob, to the pod. Thanks for joining, buddy. Um, hey, boys. We, Sorry we, I'm late. No, you're good. We just kind of, you know, talk about the big stuff right now. I don't know if you guys have any follow-ups on on Link or, or the new, you know, fresh start for the program. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys covered the coaching chains. That was pretty high on my list to ask about. Uh, hey, Brett, how's it going? I'm Jacob. Good to have you here. Um, so do you guys want to get into the, have you talked about the team at all yet? <clears throat> Nothing. Okay. Um, I guess Brett, let's start at the top. Like who on the team, uh, kind of jumps out at you on the roster? Like who should we be most excited about seeing, uh, at Lupton this weekend? Yeah. Offensively, there's a few guys at the top of the order. Um, Jaime Ferrer, obviously freshman all American last year, hit about 320, nine home runs, a bunch of doubles. Um, Jaime just does everything well um plays right field well is athletic can run a little bit can hit for some power doesn't strike out too much um draws his walks get on base plays really high high energy um just everything you want and a competitor and a baseball player um so he'll probably be in right field or left field don't know yet um they've been kind of working him in both spots for road games um james tibbs who was also you know freshman all-american type Hit 300 last year with, I think, 10 home runs. Bunch of left-handed juice at the plate. Um, hit a monster home run this past weekend. He'll probably be hitting third in the lineup. Uh, mm -hmm. Cam Smith is a freshman phenom for us this year over at third base. Um, massive power, massive arm at third base. Um, hitting, you know, number two this weekend in the lineup. Could, could be anywhere in that heart of the order, kind of, but... To me, he's a guy that's probably going to be a first-rounder in 2024 draft. He's sophomore eligible. And, um, I mean, the size and the way he goes about his business, there's not much more you could ask for, for, for from a prospect, especially over at third base. So those are definitely the three main guys in the lineup, I think. Um, on the mound, obviously, we Wyatt Crowell, who's preseason All-American, but it's coming out of the pen for us right now. Um, Connor Whitaker is also coming out of the pen for us right now. But those are – really the two arms they trust the most. Um, and they have a couple other high caliber prospects in in, in the weekend rotation that they're trying to um, get to perform at their their top level. Yeah, I listened to your interview with uh, Link Jarrett when he was talking about the pitching staff and he said it's going to be pretty fluid. So do you expect the same three guys that started this weekend to be the same starters uh, this coming weekend or are they going to kind of mix and match as uh, non-conference goes along? I think they're going to, you know, I don't know for sure, but I would think that they're going to stick with what they had last week just for at least another week because this is a pretty thin staff right now, um, and it probably will be for the whole year. We lost a few guys to the portal. Um, that probably would have helped us out this year, but um, the way they have it right now is kind of just the way they feel is the best way to get through early in the season um, where they have Wyatt and Connor Whitaker out of the pen and, they're they're kind of extended shutdown guys, I would say. Um, they'll come in in the fifth or sixth after the starter, and they're in there to try to complete the rest of the game. Um, they give them the game ball, and they say, you know, just go win the game for us because there's not too many arms back there, so they're not trying to use a bunch of guys. And um, so for that reason, I think it will probably stay the same for at least this weekend. Um, for Carson Montgomery, it looked like, uh, he had a decent outing, but kind of struggled with command. Is that an issue for him? Yeah, it's always been the thing that's kind of held Carson back. Um, Carson was, you know, probably the top prospect to, to make it onto campus a couple of years ago. 
kind of struggled through his first couple of years, never really solidified himself in the weekend rotation. Um, he's just always struggled to be consistent, efficient, and, and commanding the strike zone. You know, going in, going into the season, I felt really good about where he was at. Um, the last time I had seen him in the preseason, he had thrown 81% strikes um, with fastball up to 98, sitting 95, 97 with sinking action. But the other day, um, only 50% strikes and kind of more of what we've seen over the last two years. Um, don't know if it was opening day jitters. Don't know if it's just something that when the lights come on, it's just mental. Um, but when he's on, he's as good as anyone in the country. I mean, it's 95, 97 turbo sinker, power wipe out slider. Um, and we'll mix in a cutter and a change up, but really just the, the sinker fat, the sinker slider is, is what his game is. And when he's in the zone, he's really good. And when he's not, um, it can lead to some struggles. Um, nice. That's pretty good overview. Um, do you guys have anything else on the team as far as players go? Um, one more question. So you said Jaime Ferrer, he's a sophomore. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And, and he, uh, did I hear you guys correctly say he was one of the team captains this year? Yeah. He's, I think, I think Link said that he was prob- probably the first ever sophomore cap- captain that he's had in his head coaching career. It must be a pretty legit dude to <laughs> to be, you know, yeah. voted by your by your teammates to be team captain. Yeah, four uh, GPA and really good in the community too, and with with kids and yeah, he's just an all around really good kid and really good player. And it's interesting the three players that you mentioned, you know, at the plate: freshman, sophomore, or excuse me, sophomore, freshman, freshman. So it sounds like the the young talents there. I don't know if um, is that due to any of the change with the new coach, or is that just kind of the you know the 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 lineup this year? Um, it's a little bit of both, I would say. Um, I guess more so just that they had a bunch of guys last year that were older that made their way out. I mean, Alex Terrell was a redshirt senior. Reese Albert was a redshirt senior. Logan Lacey was a redshirt senior. Um, so we were pretty old last year, and they have a lot of really good freshmen. And Mike Metcalf, who was the recruiting coordinator for the old staff, was, in my opinion, one of the best recruiting coordinators in the country and brought in a really good class of guys that have kind of flipped this roster offensively and made them a lot more athletic. I mean, Diamez Ross, who's a freshman, will probably lead off for us. Uh, Titan Kamaka could be in the mix at second base, who's a freshman. Um, Jamie Arnold is a freshman starting on Sunday. Um, so there's there's we're a young team. I think we've got 25 new guys in the roster this year. So um, there's going to be a, plenty of freshmen out there on the field trying to get their feet wet in Texas. Yeah, it kind of looked like uh, the Sunday starter kind of struggled too, where at the staff as a whole with walks. And why I like to focus in on that is TCU does a really good job of working the count and working pitchers. Um, so how do you think Florida state can adjust to a more veteran lineup that they're going to uh, see this weekend? Yeah, I think that, like you said, they, they have to throw strikes, especially against that veteran lineup. And FSU does have arms that when they're in the strike zone, they can be really good. I mean, Jackson Ballmeister is a guy that, you know, was a, a first round potential guy coming out of high school that, has a dominant fastball up in the zone, but sometimes struggles with his off speed to make it consistent. Um, Jamie Arnold, who starts on Sunday, is a, is a strike-throwing guy, but struggled with his off speed um, on, on Sunday, which allowed, I think, James Madison to just kind of attack his fastball. But And like we talked about with Carson, he's got to throw strikes, and when he does throw strikes, he's really good. But we've just we've never seen it on the weekend yet with him consistently. Um, 
So, yeah, as a whole, I think that will be probably their biggest focus this weekend is just trying to grind down at bats against those TCU hitters as best they can. And, yeah. you know, Chuck Ristano, I think, who is our new pitching coach, does a really good job of mixing, uh, mixing up pitch calling. So, um, you know, I think he'll he'll try try to be on top of his game this weekend and keep his guys in, in control of the zone as best he can. Was Baumeister the guy who struck out like 17 horn Frogs last year down in Tallahassee? It seems like oh. that name rings a bell. Uh, I can't remember exactly. He I think that's have. right. I guess he could just do that, right? If you're a Florida State fan, just strike out 17 Horn Frogs. And um, was it the Friday starter last week? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, Friday uh, and Saturday it seemed they both rung up strikeouts like crazy. Yeah, that I was think, a pretty forgettable weekend for us. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Parker Messick, the lefty who got drafted in the second round by Cleveland. Um, okay, he, he was pretty special. Yeah. All right. Um, do you guys want to shift gears kind of to at, at Florida State's uh, outlook on the season, or do you guys have more on the team? I was I was kind of wondering what do you expect, like as far as fan travel and and making it to Fort Worth this weekend. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I usually Florida State travels pretty well, but we haven't made it an early season road trip for a weekend like this in a in a long long time. I think so. I don't know exactly what to expect. I would guess there's at least, you know, some Florida State fans there. Um, and usually there are Florida State fans everywhere. But right. um, with it being this early in the year, that's the only reason I don't know exactly um, what it will look like. And traveling out of Tallahassee can be pretty expensive sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll see. Um, I think if it was – if it was a series later in like May or or something like that, I think it would it would be a pretty good contingency of Florida State fans there. Was, Do we have any a... background on how this series came about? Like, how did these teams agree to play this home and home? I don't really. To be honest, seems kind of random. It doesn't geographically make sense. I don't know of any links between the coaching staffs or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and I looked back at the uh, the just the overall standings you know like lifetime or whatever they've only played each other four times two times at yeah. omaha and right. then twice last year so you, you know, know this uh, this series is actually you know has pretty big ramifications for the lifetime scoreboard award yeah know? i think mike martin jr wanted to avenge uh his father getting defeated in omaha back in uh, 2010 so his first when he got hired as head coach he first call was to tcu yeah <laughs> 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 okay, so the the ACC is pretty stacked. Uh, I think you would agree. I, I see uh, Florida State, according to D one, projected to finish fourth in the Atlantic. Do you agree or disagree? Do you think that's too high, too low? Like, where do you see Florida State's season ending up? Yeah, I could definitely see it in that range. I mean, our division alone is pretty stacked this year. I mean, Wake Forest is, is probably the favorite. Um, yeah. a lot of people also like Louisville. Um, you know, I'll. I've always kind of thought Louisville is a bit overrated. I don't know how many arms they have, but they're always going to hit. Wake Forest could be a real machine this year. I mean, they're as loaded as any team in the country besides LSU probably. Um, mm -hmm. Clemson has a pretty old team this year, and you know they also have some young guys in the mix. Um, our old pitching coach, Jimmy Bellinger, is there, and I think he's pretty excited about their pitching staff and kind of the experience of their whole team. Um, in Miami, I expect Miami to be pretty good this year. I think some people are pretty low on them and didn't love their opening weekend, but they've just got so much in the lineup that I feel like they're going to put it together at some point down there. Um, 
NC State always hits. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia Tech, we have them on the schedule this year here. Um, we don't play them too often, but we got them here this year. And you know, obviously last year they hit as much as anyone in the country. So um, it's a really tough ACC schedule. Definitely our second half of the year is going to be it's going to be a grind, especially with a young team like we have. And there's a lot of older teams in the ACC. So um, it's it's definitely going to be a grind throughout the year, I think. Yeah, 10 projected regional teams. That's That sounds insane. So that includes um, Florida State? Is it Florida? Yeah, yeah. Florida okay. State is projected to make a regional. Yep. Yep. Do you think um when you when you guys are looking, you know, to start the year, is that kind of your expectation? Is that Florida State makes a regional, makes a push, but um or or do you think the fans have higher expectations for this for this year? I think people are kind of like um willing to give Link some time to see how this plays out. And I think Florida State fans are usually pretty understanding of the roster that's here at the moment. And it's a pretty young roster. Um, you know, I don't think there's a pitching staff here that's going to be able to be deep enough to to get us a, a regional hosting um, spot at the moment. Um, we'll see how some of the guys in the in the back end develop. But, um, yeah, I kind of feel pretty strongly that we'll be a, a regional team that is probably traveling somewhere as a, as a two or three seed again this year. How hard is it whenever you're looking at such a loaded conference? ACC is probably the second best conference in America this year um, in projecting that across the season. It's tough. I mean, I try to do try to break down ACC teams as, as well as I can, but um, with, especially with the transfer portal now and how teams change so much year to year and trying to figure out how guys fit in where and how arms are going to fit into everybody's staffs. Um, so, I mean, it, it's really tough, especially, like you said, how deep this conference is. I mean, Notre Dame the last two years probably I don't even think was was a favorite or probably was picked below Florida State each of the last two years and ended up winning the conference and, and the division. Um, I mean, even teams like Boston College at the bottom of our of our conference, I mean, they have a projected first round and first round outfielder and a couple other guys in their lineup. So every team, 1 through 14, you feel like could beat you on any given day, especially in this sport. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it is hard to kind of project out throughout the whole season, but um, it's fun to cover. I, I enjoy it. It's getting to see good competition mostly every weekend once you get to that second half of the season. And is that the nice thing about weekends like this, that uh, you can kind of gauge yourself, especially early against uh, – elite competition yeah and i i definitely enjoy these types of weekends more than you know playing a james madison or or just any you know different when you get to play those big teams it's when you feel like you're going to see the best out of your team i guess you just feel like they're going to play up to the moment um and we we were really rough on the road last year um so we go on the road tomorrow as well on Tuesday to Jacksonville. So really want to see how our guys handle road games this year. Last year, it just seemed like our team panicked a lot, late in games especially. Um, when they were on the road, I think we were 0-5 in midweek road games, I want to say. Oh, man. Like, I want to say like 10-19 and 19 on the road total. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to see how they perform out there and also, especially uh, with the crowd and, and how that goes. So speaking of road games, I, I skimmed through your schedule. You play four to three times. They're all midweek games. 
and yeah. they're all at different stadiums. Can you oh. just can you describe that rivalry and kind of how that you know what that's like for the Seminoles and Gators? They match up. I guess I guess that's a normal thing, right? Yeah, um, and a lot of people they don't like the midweek setup, um, but I can tell you I would not want to face Florida on a weekend this year. That's for sure with the arms <laughs> that we have. But yeah, we go to Jacksonville usually first to start that series. Um, I don't know for sure the order of it this year, but. Jacksonville is kind of the neutral site every year. I think it's the, I want to say the Florida Jumbo Shrimps field. Um, I think that's the Marlins AAA team, but um, that's usually a fun event. You usually got probably 60, 40 Florida fans, sometimes more than that. Then you usually have one at Dick Hauser and then one over at their stadium. So um, it's really enjoyable. And I usually go to all three. So you get to kind of feel a different vibe every single time. Um, and, you know, both teams react differently, I think. To, to the crowds that that they have there. So um, it's definitely fun. It's, you know, we haven't had a ton of success against them recently, especially before we broke, I think, an 11-game losing streak, streak a couple years ago. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an intense, enjoyable rivalry to watch three times a year. Who is your biggest rival? I would say for baseball, Miami. Okay. Um, you actually get to play them on a weekend. Um and that usually playing playing a team three straight days, you're going to end up getting a little more bitter and a little more intense by that Sunday than you are by that third mid- midweek game of the year. Do you have any other baseball rivals besides Miami or, or Florida? Oh, man. Uh, like Jacksonville or Stetson? Uh, or I don't think like I would say Jacksonville and Stetson are, but I would say Jacksonville and Stetson team, teams like that are kind of a pest to us. Right. We've really, yeah. We've really struggled in midweek games last <laughs> year. Um, yeah, it sounds know. like DBU for us. Yeah, we had that problem too. <laughs> yeah, we have, and we play. I mean, as you guys probably play a lot of Texas teams that are mm-hmm. really quality baseball teams. I mean, as many good Texas baseball players that are, even if you're getting that second, third tier, they're going to be really good. And it's the same in Florida. So those midweek games, like when we go to Jacksonville tomorrow, I mean, those teams probably hate us as just as much as, as Florida and Miami do. So um, I don't know that I would say probably Clemson because they're another team in the ACC that you feel like is, has tradition and, and you know, that those games are always going to be heated, I think, and they're going to be intense. And, um, you know, I'm sure when coach Bellinger our old pitching coach comes back this year, that he'll want to beat us. So um, that will be interesting. I think this year when they come to Tallahassee, Another Tuesday interesting. Are, it's like uh, you're playing a Super Bowl every Tuesday for that other team. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I would say one interesting series that jumps out is Florida State goes to South Bend this year. That'll be a fun uh, welcoming for Link. Yeah, yeah, that'll mm. be interesting. I don't. I think they they have a good bit of players still there. I know Carter Putz, who was a team captain for them, is still there, and his brother just transferred to Florida State. So. That'll be another fun little connection during that series. Um, but I don't think I'm going to make that trip, but uh, I don't know what that will be like for Link. And I mean, his whole staff, I mean, our new pitching coach, Chuck Rostano was there for 12 years, I want to say. Um, and his wife was the so- assistant softball coach there. Um, so yeah, that will be, um, that'll be a fun series to watch, I think. And um, interesting to see how that goes for the, those coaches. How much do you know about this TCU team? Not a ton, I guess, just as much as I can remember from two games last year. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize many of the names on the mound. 
wise when I was looking at box scores from this weekend. Um, Obviously, Braden Taylor sticks out. Um, You know, I know of Austin Davis, I think the West Virginia transfer. Um, Mostly, I just know that, you know, it's a really potent lineup and that FSU's pitching staff is definitely going to have to grind through this weekend, I think. Um, But yeah, so I don't know too much, but I do remember most of the offensive guys that were here last year. Yeah, you hit a couple big ones there. So yeah. Uh, what else do you guys have? Can you explain why I would hear the Canadian national anthem uh, in Tallahassee? <laughs> yeah, they did it at the uh, after the fifth inning, um, after the top of the fifth inning every day, every game, I guess. Um, it's Section B animals who are a big thing. Uh, they're like the biggest kind of everyday tradition at Florida State, and they have their chance and all that. Um, and that kind of started, gosh, I don't, I don't want to mess up the story, but mostly just general, guess as general as it gets, Florida State uh, had a player that was Canadian. They sang the Canadian national anthem when he came up to the plate. I want to <laughs> say they were down a lot and they scored like eight runs or something. Um, so they just kept doing it and it's, it's never stopped. Um, we actually, I think last year, the fifth bottom of the fifth is actually our, our, our best inning. So it's kind of weird, but it, it seems to work somehow. That's wild. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when, it, when the Olympics roll around, you guys are prepared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett. So you said you're coming to the game. Is that uh, you're coming to the weekend uh, this, this weekend? Yeah. I didn't oh, think very cool. Yeah, I didn't think we'd ever probably play TCU again. So wanted to try to get out there and experience it. And last year I made most ACC road trips I had made, and I just really enjoyed being at different parks and getting to see different atmospheres. So I'm looking forward to getting out there this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, Lupton's cool. loud. It's fun, but you know, it's intimate. So we'll we'll yeah. definitely be able to turn around and and heckle you in the press box if you're <laughs> up there. So <laughs> um, you got any, any big predictions for the weekend? Uh, obviously we're biased on our end, but um, you know, thoughts about the series. Yeah. I think, like I said, it's going to be a grind for FC's pitchers and we don't have a deep staff. We really have like a core eight of arms, um, including the three on the weekend and a couple more after that are, that are vying to get into that core group. Um, so it's going to be a grind for the arms and it's going to be a real test. You know, I, I think, and like I said, we're also really young and going into that atmosphere. So, um, you know, I'm not going in with my expectations super high. Just kind of want to see them develop the young, the young players and and play clean baseball um, and, and throw strikes and see what happens from there. But I'd probably have to pick TCU be, as the home favorite if 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 I had to. Wow, we get we get our I first agree. opposing guest on, and he picks the frogs. I we yeah. have to have you on more often. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not many Florida State fans <laughs> listen to this, I guess. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely not retweeting this yeah, one. Yeah, he's not retweeting this. <laughs> I mean, how could you not after watching what we did to Vanderbilt in Arkansas? He's like, please don't tag me. <laughs> All right, Brett, I uh, really appreciate your time. Um, real quick, do you want to drop your handle or maybe, uh, you know, um, Sunday goals real quick? So if there's any, if any Frog fans want to follow you guys for the weekend? Yeah, my my Twitter is at Brett PN. Um, I work for Knowles247.com and do live updates on my Twitter for for all FSU games. And then um, we have the only Florida State baseball dedicated podcast, Sunday Golds. Um, you can find on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And 
Um, that's me and Aria, and Aria does some ACC network broadcasting and that type of stuff. So, um, and he's been a Florida State baseball fan for as long as anyone. So, um, we both try to do our best on that and, and give it a listen. If, if if you're trying to open up your college baseball podcasting platform a little bit more, so um, yeah, it's uh, the episodes I heard were really good, really insightful. So, it's a good listen. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Brett. We'll see you yeah, this weekend, you guys. All right. All right. Go Frogs.